grandmother walks in and says, Jerry, who's this? And as a 13-year-old kid, I just never wanted the floor to swallow me whole faster. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 174, and I am looking at an email from Eve Sturgis. She is the podcast host from Everything's Relative, and she just published her 100th episode. So congratulations, Eve. I'm so proud of you. She sent me a link for or she texted it to me, 100 songs. It's a Spotify link. I will place this link below because these are NPE-type songs. Let's see here. She has 100 songs that she had NPEs send into her. Oh, these are some good ones. So, of course, she has Alive by Pearl Jam. Eddie Vedder is an NPE himself and wrote a song about it. And there's also... I don't think I've mentioned this lately, the song Hey Dad by Corey Goodrich, and I believe she collaborated with Don Anderson on that song. Don Anderson is the host of Missing Pieces NPE Life, another great podcast for the NPE community. So thank you so much, Eve, for compiling all these songs. I will make sure and listen to them, and I'll link them below. And for people listening to this podcast, perhaps you are an NPE, but I also get listeners who suspect they are an NPE. And I get emails and messages on social media from people who said they are too afraid to take a DNA test, but they have their own suspicions. So since they are writing to me and I'm the host of an NPE podcast, they must have something, something in their mind that leads them to believe they have a family secret. And a lot of times they say they're not ready to take the test or that they just don't know what the positives would be about finding out where they come from. And I get that. I understand that. There's a part of me that immediately wants to list out all the positives, like finding out their family medical history or finding their family members, knowing their genetic truth, and also finding out their true ethnicity. But I can't tell anyone what to do because I don't think there is one right way to do this. I really don't. Some people feel safer not knowing the full truth, And that's okay to be just where you are, even if it's in the unknown. But if you're listening to this podcast and you do have a suspicion that you might be an NPE, just know you are not alone. I get a lot of emails and texts about this. And I know there's a lot of people that suspect that they have a family secret like this in 
within their own family, within their own story. So I can only share my own experience. Honestly, I'm so grateful I know the truth. I do not regret spitting in the tube at all. But I occasionally have met some people that wish they've never done it. And then I've met a lot of people that are so glad they know the truth. And speaking of NPE stories, we are going to get into our NPE story today. I want to introduce my guest. And today we are speaking with Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Are you there? Yes, ma'am. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm good. You just got done taking care of a whole bunch of preschoolers, and here you are talking to me. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. This is just a typical Monday for us as, you know, oh. a classroom full and everybody went home and now it's quiet. So <laughs> Barely quiet. A bunch of three and four-year-olds and now you're, now you're on a podcast. I, I appreciate you doing this so much. Thank you for doing this. Well, thank you. Okay. Have you heard the podcast before? Yes, ma'am. I think I've listened to almost all the episodes. So, Okay, Kelly, why don't you tell me about your, your family of origin and a little bit about your childhood? Okay. My mom was a single mom. I didn't know that at first. She was living with my grandparents when I was born. And so I came home to my my mom and my grandparents. My Grandmother was my main caretaker while my mom was working. And then my mom met someone and my grandmother, I think, had made a, a comment to her, something to the effect of, if you get pregnant again and you're not married, then I will not let you keep Kelly too because you can't take care of two of them. So my mom and Bill got married. It was much later that I did the math and realized they got married at the end of July and my sister was born the following January. Then there was another baby. My next sister was born not quite two years later. And then um, my brother was born a couple years after that. I He was not a kind person. That's putting it very mildly. Not. My only safe place as a small child was with my grandparents. He was physically abusive. He was mentally and verbally abusive. And I was his favorite target. And I was by far not the quote unquote difficult child. I was, a, I cried a lot. I was, I was probably a, a more emotional child, but I didn't like if you told me not to do something, I didn't do it. He he just treated me very, very different than he treated the other kids. He would wrestle with them on the floor. I would start to join in and he would stop. Or uh, he cursed at us all, all the time. He didn't want my mom to have friends or didn't her to have a job. And yet he didn't always want to work. And so financially, we were not very well off. And my grandparents were wonderful, but we didn't live near them always. And for a few years, they actually lived in Algeria for my grandfather's job. So then there went my safe place there. Mm -hmm. um, when they came home, my mom left Bill numerous times. And every time she would leave him, we would go back to my grandparents. And one of the times 
I I know now that what my grandmother had told my mom was, if you're not going to tell Kelly, then I will. And my mom did not tell me. And so my grandmother told me when I was six that Bill was not my dad. Mm-hmm. And I I know it sounds odd as though I was only six, but there was nothing that I had been that I had heard up until that point gave me more relief than just knowing that he wasn't my dad. Did you call him dad when you were a kid? I did up until, and I did up until they divorced, which wasn't until I was 12. They, and you know, times were different. I was born in 1975. So my mom enrolled me in school with his last name. There was never anything legally to do that. My birth certificate was my mom's maiden name. And I was enrolled in school under his last name. Um, but from that moment, it was it was a little bit of peace of mind. At least it gave me understanding of why he treated me so different from everyone else. Mm. Not that he was kind to them either. I just was the I was just the biggest target. Um, mm. And as an adult, I realized that that should have been something that my mom helped with and and she did not. She was not um, she was not my soft place either. she, she didn't, she might say something to him, but he wasn't nice to her either. Um, and so growing up was, was my two sisters and my brother. And then my mom left him for good on their 11th wedding anniversary. We loaded up what clothes we were taking to my grandparents for a weekend trip. Um, he got mad at her that we were leaving for a weekend and he said, if you leave, don't come back. And she said, I won't. Um, and so we left most of our belongings and went to my grandparents' home. At that point, my grandparents lived in a three bedroom, double wide mobile home. And, uh, my grandfather was also had told his sister he was from a large family. His sister was 20 years to the day older than he was. And when he was eight, he promised her he would never put her in a nursing home. So it was my grandparents, my aunt, my great aunt and great uncle, my mom, and all four of us kids in a three-bedroom double-wide mobile home. Oh, wow. And we were there about a year, uh, maybe a little longer. And during that time, is when I decided that I wanted to look for my real dad. Um, I wrote a letter to my mom's sister, who lived about four hours away, um, lived in the town I still live in now, in eastern New Mexico. Uh, and I wrote her, of course, snail mail letter, and I told her that I thought I wanted to contact my real dad. And I mailed the letter My grandfather handed me a stamp. Nobody asked any questions. I walked it out to the mailbox. And uh, Thursday evening, the phone rang, and it was always Papa's job to answer the phone. He answered it, and he talked to whoever, and then he called me by name, and he said, Kelly Lynn, the phone's for you. And I was like, I don't know who would call me. And it was my mom's older sister, and she said... Does your mom know you? Does your mother know you sent me this letter? And I said, no. And she said, well, you have 24 hours to tell her 
We will be there this weekend to stay the weekend. And, you know, because that's what her parents do, obviously. And then you'll come home with us Sunday evening and you'll meet your dad on Monday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. At that point, I still didn't even know his name. And during the, that entire week, this was, you know, definitely daytime talk show era. And every single show was had an episode about people finding their biological parents and it going horribly wrong. And of course, again, I hadn't told my mom I sent the letter, so I just kind of watched in awe and went on. This was end of June, and it would have been in 88, June of 88, I believe. So I told my mom, who was very angry, very angry that I had done that. So my aunt and uncle came and picked me up, and we came back down, up, I guess it would be, to to Clovis. And that next evening, um, I'm just going to refer to him by his first name because my story gets a little more confusing from here. But so Jerry came to meet me. He brought me flowers and a stuffed animal and a really sweet card. And I, of course, was, I was incredibly shy. I didn't talk very much. He brought me pictures of a brother and a sister of his, of his parents. His grandmother and his great grandmother were all still alive and all still living in this, in Clovis. We went to Pizza Hut. I didn't eat much. I spent a lot of time staring at my Dr. Pepper. And for the next three weeks, I saw him daily. Um, He he chose to introduce me to his parents and his son, who's two years younger than me, and who had kind of always been the golden child. Um, And he's a great guy. I don't mean that, but he was, he looks just like Jerry. He you know, he was going to carry on the name, all the things. And he chose to tell them in the middle of a restaurant. Um, I didn't know that he had not told them who I was. So I knew who all these people were coming into dinner because I had seen their pictures. And I'm sitting next to him and he sa- and my grandmother walks in and says, Jerry, who's this? And as a 13-year-old kid, I just never wanted the floor to swallow me whole faster. And they actually handled it relatively well. Then three weeks after I met him, my mom's sister that I was staying with, her husband died of a massive heart attack at 40. Uh, Me and my cousin were the only two in the house besides my aunt and uncle when it happened. Um, It was my really my first... Um, dealing with losing someone that close to me. It was a, you know, a terrible time as far as that goes. Soon thereafter, the following fall, my mom moved us to Clovis to help my aunt, um, just to be here for her. Not that she really needed help, but I think, I think it gave my mom a reason to kind of strike out on her own again. And, um, my mom went to a work as a nurse for the pediatrician here in town, a job she continued for 27 years. And um, my aunt actually 
I don't remember how much longer she lived here. And then she moved away and we stayed. Jerry was around quite a bit. Him and my he would come over for dinner. He was a fireman in town, so he would work one day and off two days. And so he came around quite a bit. Um, it was kind of tough because I didn't quite know what to do with him trying to tell me what to do. Um, again, I wasn't a bad kid, but I just didn't think he needed to do that. And then things went okay. I had a a too serious of a boyfriend through high school. And after I graduated from high school, I found myself pregnant. Although I had dated this person for four and a half years, from the minute he found out I was pregnant, he vanished. I didn't hear from him again. Uh, He was still in town, but I couldn't find him. Um, And once I told Jerry that I was pregnant, he screamed at me in front of other firemen at the fire department and quit speaking to me. Um, and as far as I was concerned, it was kind of that idea of people in glass houses. I didn't understand. I was like, well, I wouldn't be here if my mom didn't have a baby and wasn't married, but whatever. And he would like, if I saw him in public, he would turn his basket and go the other way. It was awful. I met my husband when my daughter was seven months old. Uh, We dated 10 days and then I had an engagement ring. And so, and I tease that Doug had a, and I had an engagement ring in 10 days, but he had his own car seat in four. Um, And he has, you know, stepped up to that role as dad and done a fabulous job. We between Kelsey and my second, our second child, Kyle was born two years and nine months after Kelsey. And when Kyle was about almost two, we came home from being, I don't know, at church, I think, and came home and I hit play on our answering machine and there was a message from Jerry. And it said that he wanted to see me. And it really took me by surprise. And And during that time where we didn't talk, his father had passed away. I wasn't listed as a grandchild in the obituary. I was at the service, but I was not sitting with the family. I was sitting in the back. Um, it It was just a rough situation. I tried to get him to meet my husband. I called his house. His was his third wife, and that, of course, doesn't include my mom, who told me they didn't want to meet him and didn't care and wouldn't be involved. So they weren't at my wedding. My grandfather walked me down the aisle, which is who should have. He wore a tux for my wedding for the only time in his life that he wore a tux. So we went that that time with no communication. And then when Kyle was about two or right before he turned two is when he wanted to see me. I didn't know that I was ready for him to see my kids. And so I had him pick me up at my mother-in-law's and we went to a park in town and we talked or I just sat and he talked mostly. And somewhere in that conversation, he said that he should have asked my mom for a paternity test. Um, At that point, it had been 11 or 12 years since I had met him. I was devastated that he would say that. 
but it starts to put that idea in your head that maybe there's a reason he's saying that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom didn't talk about anything. Didn't we? Didn't it wasn't a subject we discussed. Not long after that, my mom started doing foster care after all of us were raised and grown, and so she ended up with um, adopting the three first kids that they placed with her. And so she was busy being a mom again and and not as involved as a grandparent, even though she was here in town. Then Jerry never would talk about that he had asked for that, that he said of that about a paternity test. But I couldn't let it go. It just was always in the back of my mind. I'm also fairly non-confrontational. I'm not going to for the most part, make a big deal about anything. I wrote him a five or six page letter and he was by then had moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. He had retired from the fire department and I purposely put the letter in his suitcase where I knew he would find it once he got home. And it was never mentioned. There was no mention of the fact that I had even wrote the letter. So we just kind of went on with life. We got busy. We had, my husband and I have four kids and uh, our, we just kind of kept rolling and life got, you know, was, was busy. And our youngest had some pretty severe medical problems and um, that kept us on our toes. He ended up with a feeding tube from the time he was 19 months old till he was five and a half. Um, so, so I would think about it, but I couldn't, act on it. Uh, then in, I'm sorry, this part's hard. In July of 2015, my mom was diagnosed with stage four triple negative breast cancer, and it had already metastasized to the lymph nodes, to the bone, the fluid around her heart and lungs, and there was also a spot on her brain. Um, the hypothetical situation had always been if something ever happened to my mom, my husband and I would take her kids. And that hypothetical turned very real, very quick. Um, we sold our home that we had lived in our entire marriage over 20 for 20 years. Uh, we had to buy a much larger home. We still had three teenagers at home and had to move my mom and her three kids in with us. And four months to the day from the date of diagnosis, and no, so November 21st of 2015, we lost my mom to cancer. And that left me with her kiddos who had all, they were all basically Irish triplets. Um, And so they were 13, 14, and 15. And I had a 12, no, a 13, 15, and 18 year old still at home. Oh, My oldest daughter was married and her and her husband had moved home. She was expecting her first baby and they moved home to help with my mom. So thankfully that was, that was definitely a blessing um, to have them home. And so again, we just, we were busy and I didn't, um, you know, I would, I would talk to Jerry, but it was very, surface type conversations. He had a lot more to say usually to my husband than to me. They would talk about fishing or hunting or beekeeping or, you know, some of the things they had in common. And I 
didn't, and I, it was okay. It was just how it was, always had been. And then he moved back to Clovis, um, and he came around a little bit more. But again, nothing, I didn't, there was always still this question in the back of my head. Not long after I lost my mom, I did a 23andMe test because of the BRCA gene part of it. And I, so I took that. My mom's, my grandmother, my, my mom's mom had done extensive family research on my mom's side of the family. Um, you know, the old fashioned paper trail of death certificates, birth certificates, visits to cemeteries and Mormon churches. I mean, is how she did most of her stuff. So she had binders and family trees that went back to before they came to the United States. And it was, so I knew a lot about that part of the family. And when I pulled up my 23andMe results, and I think still to this day on 23andMe, there's literally one name that I recognize. And it was my mom's second cousin, and I knew who he was, and I didn't recognize a single other name. Um, and so I was like, well, I guess not very many of my close family has done this. And I kind of put it back on a shelf, for lack of a better term, and left it alone. In the meantime, my mom's kiddos gave us a run for our money. Uh, they came with a lot of baggage that my mom had failed to let us know about. And um, then COVID hit and I did an ancestry test. And the minute I got those results, I recognized a ton of names from my mom's side. Um, but there was not, I had a, I have a close aunt on Jerry's side that I knew would be my secret keeper. And I sent her 10 pages, 10 screenshots off my phone of, of family names. And she didn't recognize any of them. And at that point I realized that he wasn't my dad either. Uh, I didn't know what to do with that information. It really kind of rocked my world. Um, but again, due to some other family difficulties we were handling, I couldn't do anything about it. And then in, I think it was fall of 2021, I was laying in bed. I had bronchitis. All of my family had gone to church and I couldn't go because I was sick. And I just picked back up my ancestry results and I was like, what the heck? I'll just message the top name of the person that I know is not related to my mom. I messaged two people. One of them was like, no, I don't recognize anything. And that was the last communication I had with them. But one of the women, I reached out to a, a woman who would have was, I think, a second cousin, at least according to Ancestry. And I, I explained that I was trying to figure out my family history and did she have any family that would have lived in the El Paso, Texas or Las Cruces, New Mexico area around 1974? And she sends me a message back like all of this is while my family's at church. And so 
She messages me back within like 30 minutes and says, actually, I do. She said, my my mom and dad had already moved away because my dad was in the army. She said, my grandparents still lived there at that time. And she said, and my aunt and her husband lived there. And they had two children, a girl and a boy, who would have been in their early 20s then. And so I sent her back the information that where my grandfather worked and what hospital my mom worked at. And she sends back a message that says, I'm not sure if this will help you or not, but that's the same place that my uncle worked. And I believe my cousin worked for that same company that year as well. And so I took a few minutes and was like, whoa, I think I found something out, you know, found someone. And so I started Facebook stalking and I found um, pictures and it made me realize that there was obviously some resemblance that I had never seen in anyone besides my mom. My oldest daughter, the minute I told her, she was like within 24 she she had found his phone number and had called him and asked if this was Elton and when he said yes and she he said who is this and she said this is Kelsey but it's really my mom you need to talk to and here's her number and I need you to call her and so i talked to him on the phone he kind of he was 72 years old when i called he had a hard time understanding what I was asking, partially because I was not very good at how do you ask a 72-year-old man if they had slept with your mom? I mean, and my mom was no longer here. And the, um, the summer, that same summer, I had lost my grandmother. And so I didn't have my mom's sister, but I didn't have anyone else to ask. He thought I was asking about the company that my grandparents, my grandfather worked for and his dad worked for. Um, It offered like housing that was near, it was a gas company and they, they had housing that you lived in and it was a pretty idyllic place to grow up. And so he thought that's what I was asking about was growing up at the gas company housing. And eventually I got him to understand what I was really asking after a phone call. And he was very nice on the phone. And he uh, told me the last time he had ran into my mom would have been in May of 1974, um, about the time he graduated from college in El Paso. And I was born in February of 75. So didn't take me long to count that down. Then he kind of went radio silence a little bit and was like, you know, I just don't know. I think if I was your dad, your mom would have told me. And I was like, well, you think she would have told me too? Uh, But she didn't. And I don't now, all of a sudden, I'm not sure. I knew he had two children and I had found them. And I reached out to his daughter, Megan. And I asked her if she would be willing to take an ancestry test. I had actually bought one for my husband who knew he would not be finding the same kind of things that I had found in mine and uh, still had the test sealed. And she agreed to do that. 
And so my husband and I made a, it was a 30 out, we were gone from home 30 hours and we drove from Eastern New Mexico to the Dallas Fort Worth area, gave her, met her for lunch, gave her the test and were, was back home the next afternoon. And when we got home, she, um, kept me updated on, you know, the progress of the test. And of course I checked on ancestry like a mad person mm-hmm. and, uh, the results came back. What is it? Four to six weeks later that she was my half sister. Mm-hmm. So a year ago in 20, the summer of 2022, uh, my sweet husband who really does just go with my hair brain crazy ideas. Uh, we got in a vehicle and drove from Eastern New Mexico to Memphis, Tennessee, where I met Elton for the first time. The resemblance of, of a baby of a picture of him when he's about two and my oldest son is absolutely uncanny if one of them wasn't black and white and the others weren't obvious Sears portraits from the 1990s, they look like the same person. And, and he was a very kind host for the couple of days we stayed. And, but you could tell there was still like some not sure in his mind, you know, he was like, well, because when you're, you know, when it shows up as a half sibling, it shows up as a just close relative or whatever. And I, and I tried explaining that by this point I had become a pretty good pro at Cinemorgans and all the things. And by the fact that I had two first cousins on there, her and I matched at such a higher Cinemorgan. I knew from that moment, you know. And then in November of 2022, I logged back into Ancestry and then I called my, now we know, my sister Megan. And I was like, did you know your dad did an Ancestry test? And she said, no. She said, I haven't even ever opened that back up since you got the results. She said, I only did it for you. And um, so it then showed him as a parent-child match on Ancestry. Um, In the meantime, I did tell Jerry um, what I had found. He thought that was the perfect time to tell me that him and I would have a better relationship if I had done a better job of calling him. Um, He lives here in town. And last time I checked, phone lines work both ways. Mm -hmm. He would be upset that we wouldn't. um, I'd be like, well, it was on Facebook. And he's like, well, you know, I don't have Facebook. And I'm like, and you know that all your children and your grandchildren have Facebook. And if you wanted to stay up to date, maybe you should try it. <laughs> and then proceeded to just blame it all on my mom that, that she should have, she should have known better kind of idea. And my mom wasn't here to defend herself. And I, I definitely have moments that I'm, am very angry at my mom and very, I don't understand what made her pick one over the other it 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 wasn't but I didn't ask for it I didn't ask to be in the middle of it none of it was my doing mm-hmm. and uh, and so Elton and and I communicate it's very difficult by uh, 
him being so far away. He retired and then decided he didn't like being retired. So he um, works for Domino's as driver and as a basically a manager without having to have the title of a manager just for something to keep himself busy. I was at the Hyrith retreat in Texas over the summer and stayed an extra day so I could meet Megan for dinner and visit. We text some on Father's Day. I had reached out to Elton and not sure if I would get a response. And he called me back and he told me that he was sorry that he had not done a very good job of keeping in contact, but that he realized that that wasn't fair to me and that he would try to do better. And then we've been busy, you know, I mean, not that there's no animosity there. There's a lot of, in my mind, of the what ifs and the wondering how different my life could have been as a younger person if if he had been around. But again, it's not his fault. He had absolutely no idea. And so we just go from there. Is Megan older or younger than you? Younger. I'm, I'm, she's 10 years younger than me. And she, I guess I have a brother who's eight years younger than me. He has not shown a whole lot of interest. Um, he lives in Los Angeles. My youngest son wishes he would have more interest because he's done some voice acting for some anime. And my nerdy youngest thinks that's way cool and has looked at his imbibe or whatever it's called. And, um, but I think it's, you know, it's been hard too. And, and, you know, and, and most of the other people that have been in this situation know that you kind of have to defend your, the fact that nobody's out searching for money or to take away a birthright or, you know, just some answers. And ultimately I think some belonging is what I'm looking for, even though that may be an unfair it's not. thing to <laughs> expect. I don't think it's an unfair thing to expect, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> Have you ever spoken with your brother? No, no. I've, and he's not very active on social media, so I don't, you know, see a lot of that stuff. Like I said, Megan and I will will chat or she'll post something on Facebook and I'll post back or, you know, some things like that. Um, and, and we, we get along, we've, we, you know, we raise our kids differently. I mean, my husband's been a public school teacher for over 20 years and her kids are all homeschooled. (laughs) Um, but, but there's also been some pretty, um, like given some answers to some weird things. The first time we met her, we met for lunch and she ordered something. And I said, wow, that's exactly how my Kelsey would have ordered it. I said, however, when she ate that ketchup, it would have given her map tongue. I said, and her oldest daughter was with her and Dakota's was 16 at the time. And Dakota turned and looked at her and had to pick her jaw back up off the table. And Dakota turns back to me and she says, does she get it when she eats other stuff too? And I said, yeah, I said citrus or pineapple. And she said, I have that. Mm. And then Megan says, my dad has that too. Mm. And we had never had anybody as to why Kelsey had geographic tongue 
And then she started talking about that her youngest had just started on a new medication for a, a skin thing is what she, how she put it. And she said, she said, I'm not a big fan of it because it's an injection, but it's, it's working. And I said, oh, I said, what is it called? And she said, I don't know. I think it starts with a D. And I said, it's Dupixent. And I said, and it works wonders because for the first time in Cassidy's life, which is my youngest daughter, I said, for the first time in her life, her eczema is clear. Mm. And I said, and she suffered severely and is more than happy to give herself an injection once every two weeks for the rest of her life. And she was like, oh. And then she said, can we keep this between us that that's on my side of the family? Because I've always blamed my ex-husband and I'd like to keep it that way. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, sure. But But it's those kinds of things, even though they're odd, it's, it's just that idea of, of knowing maybe where it came from. Mm -hmm. Was Elton single at the time of your conception? He was, he was, he married later and then they divorced, but not till a few years later. So I wasn't, I'm sure that is helpful, um, that it wasn't a, an affair. I've only heard from Jerry one time since I told him and it was, I, I'm guessing, a drunk text message. And it was last November. And I only remember the time because last Halloween I was in a car accident. And it was about four days later. And he sent me this text that I owed him more of an, an explanation and we needed to talk. And I said, and I'm still recovering from my car accident and we're not going to do it right now. Thank you. And I have not heard from him again. Hmm. Um, I attend church with his oldest sister and her and I chat. And she's recently come up to me and asked me, get with her. She would like to hear my whole story. And I will. I just haven't had. It was right as school was starting. So I haven't had a chance to do that. Um, it's, I would. I was going to say it's as if you're a double NP, but it's almost like you're triple Well, for sure, double, because I I found out that I was an MPE, really, the first time at six. Of course, nobody even knew that term, or I just knew Bill wasn't my dad, and then then thought it was Jerry, and then found out it is for sure Elton, so. Oh, my goodness. So I've met my real dad twice. (laughs) It's just been two different people. And you've, yeah, you've thought it was three different men your your whole life. Wow. So. But like I said, knowing it wasn't Bill was an incredible, like truly a relief at six. Um, And then, and then the other just, just feels like so many unanswered questions from my mom and no way to ask. Oh, that's so difficult. And she left me with lots of messes to clean up between her children that I was raising and they made our lives very, very difficult. And then, then to have this too. And what about the siblings you were raised with? Are you, are you in touch with them and do they know who your birth father is now? They, they know, you know, death does funny things to those relationships too. Um, my, my, one of my sisters lives here in town when we, at least if we run into each other now, we speak. Um, we are not Facebook friends. We're not involved with each other on a 
daily basis, um, they somehow both seem to think that my mom left me, I don't know, hidden millions of dollars instead of lots of issues and three kids with Mm -hmm. their own mental health issues. Um, And that was not the case. And so there's not been much communication with her. I have another sister that lives in the Dallas area and we speak very, very rarely. And my youngest brother has some pretty severe mental health issues. And for the safety of my family and others, we have, we're no contact. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on, I, I have who I still consider my brother on, on Jerry's side. And, and he was, he was the first person on that side of the family that I told. Um, and we still communicate pretty often ish. His, his daughter actually attends the private school that I work at. And so she's the only one that I have, she's only in fifth grade and he kind of has, his mom has adopted some kids from foster care and had a couple of marriages. So he's kind of, he's got a ton of siblings and they're all related in different ways. And we've just kind of, I've just asked that we not necessarily tell Kendon any details right now. Um, if somebody asks, I just say, she's my niece and her dad's my brother. And we, mm-hmm. there will come a point and it's not that I want to hide it. It's just, I'm not ready for her to not think of me as her aunt mm-hmm. because I see her daily. You mentioned you went to the Hiraith Hope and Healing Retreat recently or last year. I'll link that in the show description below. I've been to one of them as well. I found it I found it quite an experience. How was that for you? It was definitely out of my comfort zone. My whole family was like, you're doing what by mm-hmm. yourself with people you don't know? Yeah. And but it was wonderful. Very bummed that I can't be at the one in Tennessee. I I wish I could be one of the ones that gets to be a groupie and go to all of them. Um, I know. A lot of them go to like every one and they're all so, they're so close and funny and yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's, it was, it was definitely like everybody was from a totally different walk of life and everybody had different, it didn't, it didn't matter that there was a billion political views that were different and a billion anything just, just felt heard and listened to. And, and when I was there, it was this summer, it was 2023. And, and when I went, there was actually two other double MPs there. Mm. And Mm. so that was really nice to, to feel just not alone. I'm still friends with, yeah, everyone from the retreat I went with and yeah, I know that feeling completely. I remember when the first nights I got there and, you know, they're just strangers and Uh I'm getting, I'm getting in the hot tub and they're, they're partying and talking and I'm getting in with six women I don't know. And immediately we're all just nodding along with each other. And like, like nothing you can say is, is wrong. Everyone just gets it with the interesting family dynamics that we have as NPEs. Yeah. And, and for the first time you just didn't feel like you were gonna, you know, be the next circus sideshow was just, or, or, and you could talk about, well, I read this book or I looked at this blog or I, there's other people that know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
and not just, and, and I think that's the hardest, been the hardest thing, not one of the hardest things, but it's just, if I'm not careful, it's very consuming still mm-hmm. just the, the what ifs and the, the, and of course my kids are all adults. And so it was something we had to talk about with all my kids and all my, you know what I'm, and so it changes all of those dynamics of every, it just changes everything. Even my mom's sister, who I love very deeply, but she's like, well, I don't understand. Nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you still have people that love you. Yeah, but you've always known who your parents were. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I was wrong and I had to and I had to be the one to tell people because my mom was gone and my mom wouldn't have. My mom would libel have lied to me if she was still alive. Uh, you know, and I would have had to show her test results that said, no, look. Um, my mom kind of lived life with the idea of if you don't talk about it, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And you just swept everything under the rug and left a lot. And and my mom was also very well known in our community. My mom's been gone will be eight years in November and weekly at least someone will hear me talk. I sound a lot like my mom. Someone will see me somewhere and they'll be like, oh, I just miss your mom so much. She was such a wonderful person. And although my mom was wonderful in a lot of ways, it's really hard to be like, yeah, if only you knew. Yeah. Kelly, if people wanted to get in touch with you, could they do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, My email address is fine to post. Um, SchwartzKelly999 at Gmail? Yes, ma'am. I will link your email down below in the show description. And thank you so much for coming on after a long day with the kiddos and, and sharing your NPE story. I just, I really appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you very much for keeping me on your list. So, These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.